Hey, Michael. Hey, Rudolf. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for taking the time for for the call. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a brand new experience for me, but um, yeah, well, for all of us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm assuming you've got your cold beverage, um, like you uh, plan to have. Yeah, I actually I actually uh, put a Belgian do- uh, dark ale in the fridge uh, a yeah. couple hours before so I I'm enjoying <laughs> I'm enjoying it right now. I've been uh, <laughs> I I've been out in the forest today for some couple of hours walking yeah. and such so it's it's uh, feels good to just sit down and relaxing. Sure, definitely. Well, it's also, you know, it's it's funny because I'm sitting with a hot beverage. I'm sitting with tea, but um, yeah. you know, it's funny because we are going in winter now, although oh, we're yeah. in the south, southern hemisphere. And obviously for you, you're going in summer now. So it makes yeah. sense for you to have something cold and meet for to have something hot. Yeah, yeah. Even though the, the heat hasn't come here yet, uh, all really because um, yeah. we actually had snow falling uh, just last week. It came like one decimeter of snow. Yeah. Uh, like just all of a sudden so the uh, the spring is here uh but uh yeah uh, it's uh s- sometimes you you get these uh bad weather coming in uh, sure but also i think uh i think with time obviously also uh weathers or uh, uh seasons uh they move kind of uh they take longer to to kind of uh, get into gear because i mean usually for us april we have a lot of uh, school holidays at Easter and all of these things. And this is also kind of the, the date where the farmer starts to sow and get ready for, oh. uh, you know, for business. So, um, but, you know, we had, to, we were supposed to have rain today, which yeah. uh, besides clouds, we didn't get anything. So it seems like, you know, it's, we are already a month late in, in our um, uh, season. Yeah. And obviously... I- I think I think the the situation is actually the same here because the season yeah. seems to have been uh, postponed or, or how to say yeah uh, you have to you have to wait for them a bit longer sure um, but but I heard you had some uh, actually my next door neighbor uh, he's he's from South Africa as well already oh, really? uh, interesting. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he usually uh, it's uh, a shout out to Sean Bolshin, uh, his name is, and um, he he usually updates me with some South African news uh, now and then, now and then when we I meet see. And, and have a t- talk. And he was talking about you guys having uh, some fires going on now. Yeah, we had. Um, it was now in the beginning of middle of last week, actually. I think uh, we had the fires on Table Mountain. Yeah. Um, which was obviously quite severe. And it, we obviously there was quite a lot of property damage. I'm not sure uh, if there was any lives lost, but uh, the university's library was burned down. And then obviously there was parts of the Rhodes Memorial, I think, restaurant or lookout points, whatever that's been damaged or burned down. And then obviously the fauna and flora, which is probably the, the biggest issue. Um, but, you know, um, we've been having these fires almost every every few years there's um there's this uh season where it gets extremely hot and that's what we had now for three weeks or so it was um it was the temperatures was um was probably hanging around 30 and for us you know that's probably it's quite hot but the yeah. problem is also usually in the summertime we've got a southeasterly wind that kind of pushes the heat away and uh, now uh, with with the season we are in uh, moving into winter we don't have that wind anymore so the so that heat is kind of stagnating um but apparently i think a lot of these fires unfortunately are man-made fires uh or uh-huh. started. so it's uh you know i think uh i'm not sure sh- I mean, they did arrest individuals for this fire but obviously i don't know if that was uh, in this case the 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 start of uh, the this devastation is, is it close to where you are I'm um, around 150 kilometers north of Cape Town. So I'm mm-hmm. up the west coast along the coastline. Um, yep. So I'm just outside the city, outside the noise. And um, But yeah, for me, it, it's, it's quite a quick drive to get back to Cape Town. You know, if I need yep. to go to the city or visit family or just go and uh, mix among friends and whatever the case might be. So where, yep. where I stay, it's a little bit more um, uh, isolated, a little bit more quiet, peaceful and yeah. Um, yeah. a little bit more open space to play. Which, uh, so, obviously, you, talking about space, uh, which part of Sweden are you based? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm actually looking at a map uh, of South Africa now to to kind of uh, get a picture of it. Uh, if you if you look at it, uh, the Swedish map, uh, yeah. you have a coastal town, west coastal town called uh, Gothenburg. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you if you look straight uh, to the east, uh, there uh, there is another town called uh, Jönköping. Yeah. And uh, in between those, you have a small, smaller town called Ulrisahamn, and it's okay. really close to Ulrisahamn. I see. So if you are looking at a map, you see. Yeah, I'm a looking lot at of, a map now. Yeah, it's a lot of forest, uh, forestry area. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can see. If you zoom in, you actually see Shimnared, uh, um, and that is. Well, I just see. I just see a lot of water and a lot of greenery. Uh, yeah, it's you know, basically. That, that's yeah. the, the interesting or the amazing thing of, uh, I think, about Sweden is, you know, if you think about islands, obviously the first thing you think about is warm blue waters and the Philippines. Yeah. Because uh, I think the Philippines has something like 17,000 islands. But I think Sweden is the number one country with the most amount of uh, islands, isn't it? Uh, you mean lakes? Uh Oh, sorry, lakes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, no, no, no. Islands as well. Or oh, well, oh. islands. I, well, lakes probably included, but I think islands as well. I think uh, doesn't Sweden have something um, something like over two hundred thousand little islands? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's uh, if you look at the west coast. If you go back to Gothenburg and you yeah. zoom in a bit, you see uh, that's the situation of it. We have uh, yeah. a lot of islands, but that's uh, uh, that's more of a coastal thing. Uh, Really, but that's true. I see. Yeah, that's really yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got yeah. I've got uh, good friends living, uh, a few different friends living among uh, close to well, in and around Stockholm, yeah. and um, I've seen uh, on video calls and whatever, um, yeah. you can actually see from the apartments or the houses, you can see the little islands and as how you can move, you know, from island to island. Because uh, I think obviously Stockholm is is basically built on you know a few yeah. islands isn't it yeah yeah it is and, and if, yeah. Uh, yeah and you have the the complete stockholm harbor is just an island uh, uh, area uh, yeah you, you can only get around with the boat so uh, and a lot was... of people are living on the on those islands uh, around on the east coast yeah so, yeah so uh, talking about, I'm actually just quickly looking. Uh, I'm uh, this morning ran very randomly. Uh, uh, there was these articles re regarding. Oh no, that was the your the Swedish airport, the third biggest airport. But uh, mm -hmm. there was another there was another interesting article that, uh, like I said, randomly came up from um, Sweden being kind of this uh, fertile ground for startups. And mm -hmm. uh, then I actually went through a list in my mind and I thought of all the Swedish things. Or the, the things that Sweden produced throughout the years, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, much more recently, things like Spotify or IKEA, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, but there's all the things I think that people have forgotten, things like uh, ABBA. Um, yeah. When we were kids, we used a thing called Pirate Bay, which was yeah. this website to, you know, down, uh, download <laughs> yeah. illegal yeah. or whatever yeah. the case would be. But yeah. I think probably the, the, the best, biggest thing from Sweden is obviously uh, Roxette. You know, I grew Rock up with Roxette. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My mom was a massive Roxette fan. And um, I think the uh, oh, two yeah. or three times that I came to Cape Town or to South Africa for shows, um, yeah. she made yeah. sure she was there. Um, yeah, of, co of course. Yeah, I, I understand. I've also listened to them, of course, uh, back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But even today, you know, I think I still have Roxette on some of my playlists. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, and then other things that I never, uh, I didn't know, you know, uh, when I did a little bit of research into other things that, uh, that came from Sweden, uh, Alfred Nobel yeah, from the, the Nobel Prize, that was also yeah. the inventor of dynamite. Um, yeah, Celsius, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, under yeah, Celsius. The, yeah, with the Celsius scale. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think, you know, I think everyone knows Greta uh, Thunberg. Yeah, yeah, um, she's she's really is, making an impact all over the world now. So yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, um, so tell me something. What is because I, I think someone mentioned before, but I can't remember exactly what it was. What is your national animal? I think it's pretty something cute or small or something. I can't remember. I, I so, think it's actually. I think it's actually a hedgehog. Uh, is it a, it's not a swan, or is it the uh, hedgehog? I have to. Uh, I have to. Well, the this. swan could be your national bird, I guess. Uh, I, I, no, it's the elk. It's the elk. Mm. 
you know, we have we have like uh, county animals, and uh, each and every county has their own animal, and it has their own fish. It has their yeah. own flower. So oh, wow, it's okay. a, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, natural uh, connected see. things that you need to keep track of. But it's the yeah. elk. I uh, see. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, not so cute, maybe. Uh, I think the yeah, yeah. is a bit. It's a bit cuter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Denmark or Finland or some. I think it actually it was Finland. I think Finland yeah. has some interesting national animal because in South Africa, although we are different provinces, provinces, yeah. we've yeah. got uh, you know one bird, one tree, uh, one animal, one fish, and one yeah. Uh, yeah. flower. You have you have a bit of you had a bit a bit of different uh, animal kingdom in South Africa, I guess, also with a bit uh, more maybe a bit more dangerous animals. I think. You know, it um, it it depends also kind of what you do. If you go to if you go, I mean, I, I I've got a big diving background, so yeah. in the west coast where I stay, the water is a lot colder, yeah. uh, and that's the Atlantic Ocean. So here, um, you know, when we go crayfish diving, you can theoretically uh keep your head above water in a shallow pool and you can put your hand in any deep hole where you feel fitting and you'll yeah. be able to you know either get a crayfish or maybe get an enemy uh, sting you uh, uh -huh, but yeah. there's nothing dangerous that will you know bite your fingers off or hurt you or stab you or pen you or whatever uh yeah. if you go up the east coast towards the most big side you've got the sting uh, the eels you know, yeah. so you've got the moray uh, eels and the um, the black cheek eels, and these things are quite aggressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in that part, again, you know, it, you will always have to check where you put your hand. But if you yeah. if you work in around the the um, the land itself, um, you know, Africa is 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 known for its wildlife. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know, I, unfortunately, in South Africa, it's um, you know, it's all kind of. Uh, it's all uh how can you say it? it's all gated off so if you want to go see a lion or elephant or rhinoceros or whatever the case might be you will go to a park or national park or a private nature reserve or whatever the case might be yeah. uh, so you, the, we don't really have so much besides your normal snakes and scorpions and spiders yeah. really uh, any dangerous or venomous things that's you know in abundance uh, in your everyday life uh, i would yeah. say like yeah. australia for example when i was yeah. when i went to australia you know, you'll you need to check wherever you go. Where you know, especially when you go road tripping, because mm. the, in in Australia everything wants to kill you. You know, and yeah, every, yeah. <laughs> around any corner there's something dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah and in your side, is there anything um, that's kind of out of the norm or not? Uh, I would say uh, the wolves are actually making a big comeback in the yeah. Swedish forests now, uh, and we also have uh, boars uh, and uh, brown bears. Uh, I would say those are the top three. Uh, top three. Uh, I won't say dangerous. I mean, uh, they are very shy of them, and you, you, usually the most animals are scared of you. But if you uh, go in between a, a, a animal mother and uh, her cub, you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is, they will sure, feel thre sure. threatened. You know, so yeah, uh, definitely. But, yeah. Uh, and but, uh, you you don't have any 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 snow leopards or so on um, like they've got it like in Afghanistan and those places. No, we have lynx. That's the closest. Oh really? Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I would say I would say actually boars are the kind of animal that uh, I would not want to meet in the forest. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they are super fast and uh, have these big. Uh, uh, teeth tusks. You know? yeah, yeah yeah tusks really yeah so yeah, uh, uh, yeah i've I seen think... i've seen what boars can do to to farmlands as well uh yeah, you know the holes yeah. they dig it's 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 big enough for a human to fit in yeah and it's like they've a got tank. so much yeah exactly and they've got so much tunnels that they move through that you know uh, if if that's done in farmlands um you know uh, it could literally let it the entire area could collapse um, and it will be very, and then obviously it'll it'll, it'll be a lot of money for uh, for farmer to yeah. to uh, um, straighten it out again and to be able to use that uh, property again or that yeah. area. Yeah, and they're also ruining farmland here. Uh, if you have, for instance, uh, uh, made your crops and uh, waiting it for to grow, and uh, you can have a bunch of boars coming and they can destroy like several uh, uh, hundred square meters of uh, of crops for you. Sure. So yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man. Mm, so, yeah. um, listen, something as interesting is your Landy. But, yeah. Um, so let's just first start off. Um, 
is is Land Rover a big thing in Sweden or not so much? Um, not so much. No, I I, I wouldn't say it's so. so I think uh, American uh, off road in in an off road uh, uh, setting. Sense. Yeah, yeah. I would say that American trucks are more common. Uh, yeah. As a daily driver, you see um, uh, Range Rovers and uh, Discoveries. They are quite common on the roads yeah. because uh, SUVs are sure. are popu popular here. Uh, but from an uh, off-road perspective, I wouldn't say that Land Rovers are really, really that uh, super common. I think actually yeah. the Jeep, uh, Jeep Cherokee, and uh, uh, also the Chevrolet Blazer, and yeah. uh, you know those pickup trucks, they're quite common. Uh, as the Suzuki trucks. Sure. Uh, okay, so you so you've got a kind of a blend in of um, of Japanese uh, vehicles and American vehicles. Because in South Africa, for example, all our 4x4 or off-road vehicles, uh, we very let. We, I think obviously we have Ford here, but uh, besides that, um, you know, it's it's all um, Japanese or yeah. English, um, yeah. predominantly, obviously. Yeah. Um, imports uh, yeah. compared to the states, you know, where you've got your GMC and your uh, I don't know international or whatever else they have. Uh, yeah. We've yeah. got a very limited amount of those vehicles here, so it seems like you kind of get in the the best of both. Yeah, yeah. We also have uh, since Volvo is based in Sweden and they use uh, they build our military vehicles. Uh, mm. There is a lot of used old Volvo. Uh, I think it's called Volvo 912. Uh, they they have like a name called Volvo Valp uh, yeah. in Swedish, and uh, those are very very common. Uh, uh, I see. It's like a, it's like those. Um, oh, there's a very similar vehicle like this. I think that the Russians used to use that the guys actually converted into like uh, overlanders. It's you, it's like a little square box type of uh, yeah, military vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lap, Laplander uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this this is very common. If you go to a, a terrain meeting, uh, you mm. will see a bunch of these, and the and they are extremely. I mean, you can go anywhere with these. They have like portal axles and. Uh, diff lockers and everything, uh, but they are extremely uh, bad driving on-road. <laughs> <laughs> so you hardly ever see them on-road. You you only sure. see them off-road off going in like 30 kilometers per hour max. Sure. Well, it uh, looks like an amazing off-road vehicle, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it yeah. looks like you've got enough space at, at the back to basically kit out the entire bed and uh, yeah, yeah. storage and the everything. There is a civilian version of it uh, that's a bit more comfortable uh, that they use the, the governmental telecommunications uh, uh, company it used yeah. to have back in the 80s. So they are painted orange. Uh, also, electrical cable companies used to have these. Uh, yeah. And then they are white. Um, but uh, also, if you Google and make a picture search, you see the fire truck version and everything. So it's a quite common. Uh, they're not made anymore, uh, yeah. obviously, uh, but they are extremely sturdy. And uh, I think we will see these on, on the tracks for several years to come, actually. Yeah, they actually just in, uh, introduced the, um, I don't, actually don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to just assume that you pronounce it SERP or SERPA. Um, those little um, vehicles that with that can basically you drive over lakes and the uh, rivers with it. Mm -hmm. It's a very small, block, boxy little um, vehicle produced in. Um, let me see if I can actually find it. Uh, the Sherp. Uh, it's uh, it's like an all-terrain vehicle, but yeah, it yeah. is. Um, I think it, it's in Kiev. It's designed in Kiev or uh, mm -hmm. built in Kiev. Anyway, so they just uh, introduced that to South African market, and uh, they actually yeah. had a, a open weekend last weekend, which I couldn't attend. But it, I saw some videos of those guys, uh, you know, doing overland trips with it. And obviously, because it's so slow, um, you know, your uh, overland trip is something like a two hundred kilometer trip. But um, you know, you, you literally can go anywhere, everywhere with uh, with those vehicles. So that also kind of seems like quite a niche little vehicle to yeah. to play with. Especially I think in places I, like where you stay. Yeah, but you have like you have like also down in South Africa you have like the Marauder, haven't you? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, go- I've, I've never seen one in, in, in person just because uh, these are uh, quite heavily modified. Um, uh, I think it's light armor vehicles. Yeah, um, I, because I remember when uh, when Top Gear went to South Africa, they were driving one of those. Yeah, the one that they were crashing through buildings or yeah, yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think actually these vehicles, uh, it's... I don't know if it's. I, I'm so. I'm assuming our government has a few of it, but uh, I think it's also a lot probably for for export because the the South African export market, well, especially 20, 30 years ago, well, especially 30 years ago, um, there was a lot of um, uh, coalition with the Israeli government. Um, you know, before 1994, so yeah. a lot of our military, especially weapons, we had so many South African built and designed weapons that was used in in a small warfare and so on that was discontinued shortly after but uh these days you know for us our military uh i think it's just useful for for uh, peacekeeping cur- uh, uh, purposes around the world you know there yeah. is not much for us to to or good enough reason for us i guess at this stage to have a proper functioning military and i don't think there's funds for something like that so um yeah. i yeah. think at this stage a lot of these military um vehicles or, or weapons, whatever the case might be, is, uh, is for exports uh, purposes. Yeah. yeah, I actually remember now because the, the Swedish uh, civil, uh, civil service, I think it's called, uh, uh, they have uh, a new terrain vehicle called Terrain Vehicle 16. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's got a nickname uh, Galt, uh, and that is uh, actually Swedish for boar. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's a South African uh, made uh, vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, it's BAE uh, Land Systems OMC in South Africa building it and exporting it to Sweden. That's interesting. Yeah, so yeah, you so, know, it's, it's... yeah so it's actually South African uh, vehicles in the Swedish forests right that's, now. That's interesting. That's very interesting. But I mean, that, then again, you know, uh, uh, we had this conversation the other day. It's um, there's so much. Um, um, companies that when especially even if we, we are talking for uh, four-wheel drive vehicles now uh, that we uh, you know companies are owned by a mother company or um, yeah. a bunch of co- consortium or whatever the case might be if you look yeah. at the 2021 um, uh, Isuzu D-Max for example and you yeah. compare it to the new Mazda um, BT50 it's yeah. I, the exact same chassis. It's the exact same gearbox. It's the exact same engine. It's literally, literally just two different badges. Yeah, uh, if yeah. you park the two cars next to each other, you open up the, the bonnet. The two engines looks identical as it's sitting yeah. in the engine bay. It's just two different uh, badges. So yeah. these days, you know, you're buying a Land Rover, but you're getting a Renault engine or you're getting a BMW engine or yeah. Uh, yeah. a Nissan chassis or whatever the case might be. So everything is so mixed and matched these days that, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's... I mean, it's pressed economy for the, for the car makers. And uh, the, it's sad, actually, because uh, the quirkiness and the uniqueness of different brands is, is lost in that process. Sure, definitely. Uh, which you know, which 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 uh, brings us back to uh, a very unique uh, series three that you uh, that you own. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, With... So it's a seventy what uh, series three? Yeah, it's a, it's a nineteen seventy seven uh, seven model. So it's uh, forty four years old now. Uh, series three one oh nine. Yeah, station wagon. Uh, is it still has... the original two and a quarter petrol, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's the original uh, two point twenty five liter uh, petrol engine, um, and uh, it was first on the road. I've actually checked checked the data for the car here. It was it was first on the road in August nineteen seventy eight, yeah, and it's uh, it's had uh, twelve previous owners, inclusive uh, the dealerships. Interesting. And uh, no overdrive, so it's a four-speed gearbox. Yeah. Uh, in, in, instead of the overdrive, they have a lever for the PTO winch that's installed in it. I uh, see. Yeah, it, it's a factory, factory installed winch. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and those are also collector pieces. Those uh, PTOs. Yeah, uh, I think especially yeah. well, at least yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not as, as easy to come by, uh, you know, uh, um, overdrives and um, PTOs are two things that, um, you know, not everyone is sitting with one in their, in their um, shop. So it's quite difficult and expensive to come by. 
Yeah, and, and this is also the pity of Winch that it's not in, uh, uh, it's it's horizontal axle. Uh, yeah. You have the one where, where the axle is standing it's, up that yeah, you're supposed yeah. to throw a rope it's, around. Yeah. Uh, it's not that one. It's a, it's a horizontal axle with a steel cable uh, mounted. So uh, I haven't tried it yet, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will definitely try it. Uh, is it is it in a working state or not yet? I can roll it out uh, so it rolls as it should. Uh, but I haven't tried to uh, to put it into gear. Uh, yeah. I, I first I didn't know what it was. Uh, I thought it was an overdrive, so I was fiddling around with the lever when I was driving, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I heard some some uh, it was uh, making a noise, and I was like, okay, let's yeah. uh, let's not play around with this uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I will have to check my you <laughs> how to use this. <laughs> no, but that was the exact same. That the day I bought my Land Rover and I drove it home, I bought it. Um, it was around in what's it eighty. 70 kilometer trip back home and uh obviously the vehicle has been standing for years in in storage um i literally just topped up the oil at the fuel station before i left uh home and then um so all the old spark plugs and whatever else was still um you know the what was sitting in the vehicle when it was in storage but also the vehicle was in overdrive and yeah. same with me. I didn't know about overdrive back then. So yeah. I was driving the vehicle and I couldn't understand why this fucking thing, they didn't want to move. You know, I'm not getting yeah. anywhere. I'm doing like yeah. city on the highway. <laughs> and uh, same story. I was too afraid to, you know, just uh, pull levers and see what happens. So because uh, yeah. I yeah. thought the thing will blow up or something. So yeah. uh, only when I got back home and I started to read up on it, because uh, I was also unfamiliar with the hubs that I've got. So I've yeah. got the bigger, older uh, dualmatic hubs that um, that usually came out on the old CJ Jeeps, military mm -hmm. Jeeps and so on. So it's quite popular uh, hubs in America, but here in South Africa is the first time I've seen these hubs. So I kind of went to do, do research, and then that's how I came up on understanding exactly what the other the the, the smaller lever was. But are, but are the hubs uh, manual? Yes, it's manual locking hubs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they were engaged. Um, I can't remember. They were probably engaged as well. Yeah. Everything yeah, everything yeah. was engaged to make the vehicle as slow yeah. as possible. And for me. <laughs> You sit for 70 kilometers in, in yeah. you know, on the shoulder of the, the road, driving 30 kilometers an hour, top speed, yeah. thinking to myself, yeah. what the hell did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a similar story as uh, when I bought the, uh, I have a Suzuki Samurai pickup that I bought in Stockholm uh, like three years ago or something. Yeah. And the the drive shafts for the front, front uh, the, 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 the drive shaft from the gearbox. Yeah, disengaged. Yeah, no, they were unbalanced. Ah, and they were heavily unbalanced, so the whole car was vibrating heavily yeah, yeah. when I when I came <laughs> up in like 70, 80. So so I had to drive really slow all the way from Stockholm all the way to, all the way home. It take took like several several hours <laughs> in a terrible car that's worthless on the road, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to have it here. Home. Yeah, that's how you learn, man. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, you said yeah, the vehicle had twelve owners before. Um, yeah. Was that? Did you have like, uh, like a little manual or something to to um, kind of uh, you know go through the ex owners, or that was just something that was passed on via uh, word of mouth? No, um, uh, everything everything that happens to a car is registered in Sweden. Every 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 time you buy a vehicle, that is registered. Yeah, uh, and you can uh, pull data from the register to to find all this information, and uh, they keep the information for a couple of years, and then they transfer the information to the uh, state uh, state archives. Okay. And uh, and uh, so I've actually if I look at the state archives I can see that there are like 50 uh, 50 points of interest uh, for yeah. my vehicle in the state archives. Uh, but yeah. when the information has gone there I have to ask for them for copies of the documentation. And uh, due to the covid situation and that you really can't work from home when you work at the state archives because that's manual papers laying around yeah. in, a, in a cellar uh, they have uh, postponed all their work for several several weeks uh, because i i guess they are low on staff uh, so i've actually ordered even more information on the car um, so um, but yeah I, if i if i look at the online uh, register that i have access to as the owner of the car then i can find all this information that it's 
12 previous owners I see. Plus, uh, with the dealerships and uh, import firms. So I don't know how many drivers there are among these 12 previous owners but yeah. let's say it's uh, eight drivers or something that sure. used to be the common sure. yeah here again uh if we register the vehicle whenever you buy a vehicle you need to re-register it yeah. um and then you can on the paperwork you can see the last three um mm. so in south africa it works like this each province uh, or each it's not even it's probably municipality rather um yeah. has a specific um uh, number plate where the number plate starts on so Cape Town it's uh, it used to be CA um, yeah. so anywhere yeah. in the country if you see a CA ca car you know it's from Cape Town and now the, with now they're actually ran out of digits so now the new number plate for Cape Town is CAA and then your number mm -hmm. uh, and then you know if you go to the north in the end of the number plate you'll have GP for uh, for Gauteng or you know if you go to KwaZulu Natal you've got a, K, um, a ZN I think or KZN or whatever the case might be so every it's yeah. a, it's quite easy to distinguish where someone is from from looking at their number plate yeah. and on the paperwork you can actually see I could see uh, the last three um, provinces or municipalities uh, rather where the the vehicle was so it, it's very difficult to you can at least see if it was uh, you know around the coast or uh, away from the coast but it's yeah. impossible to kind of you know get anything more than that uh, here at least okay okay it's the same situation with the license plates in germany actually uh oh, really? i've been i've been driving in germany a couple of times and uh when you notice the number plates you see if a car is from what city uh yeah if it's from berlin or if it's from hamburg or yeah. bonn or something uh you see it on the number plate because yeah. first the letters will tell you that so 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 your so this landy uh, uh you mentioned it the other day very quickly um go through this whole story about because uh, i actually went to uh, watch the trailer yeah. of the movie that <laughs> yeah. your land driver starred in and yeah. um, I, if i ever end up in sweden uh, uh visiting my swedish friends that will be the first thing that i'm going to ask them is to get that movie for me so we can watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's a movie car uh actually so there is a, a, and this story goes a little bit longer actually, because the movie was actually filmed in locations where I live. So the oh, car, amazing. the car is actually uh, being driven around now where the yeah. movie was uh, yeah. taking place. So, uh, but there was a, there was a director or there is a director called Colin Nutley who, uh, who he's a, br a British person and he moved to Sweden, uh, somewhere in the 80s and yeah. uh, and uh, really fell in love with the landscapes around uh, the city of Ulrisaham and uh, he, he spent a lot of time here and summers here and had a summer house here in the forests and uh, yeah. and uh, then he decided uh, yeah my next film is going to be filmed in uh, in the areas around Ulrisaham so he directed the movie House of Angels in 1991 yeah. And since he's a British person, uh, of course, he's going to have a Land Rover in his movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the car is actually shown. Uh, there is two, basically two cars and a motorcycle. There are uh, predominant vehicles in this movie. Mm. Uh, so it's an old Volvo PV model from like the 60s, I think. And uh, it's this Land Rover and it's a motorcycle where the main characters they drive the mo yeah. motorcycle uh, and the villain drive the uh, uh, Land Rover <laughs> 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 so uh, so you can see it in a couple of scenes in the movie and when I was uh, when I was offered to buy this car uh, it was standing in the storage and uh, I couldn't see the car the only thing I had was the license plate number yeah so so i was googling around on the license plates uh, number just to find something and then i found out that it was in the movie actually so uh, and it, because of the lacks of photos that i had of the car i actually yeah. went to buy the movie on blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> just to see the car you know <laughs> and it's featured it's featured like maybe five minutes in the in the yeah. movie as a whole you know and uh <laughs> So I told to my uh, my girlfriend that yeah that's the car that I'm going to buy. <laughs> uh, just be be aware that these footage are uh, like 14 year years old or something. So yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know how it look. I don't know how it looks today, but yeah. 
So, so actually, in the trailer, you actually uh, there is a scene where they put fire on a field, and uh, it's actually filmed through the windows of the Land Rover. Uh, if you if you if you pause the trailer, the, you, the first if you search for House of Angels on yeah. YouTube, yeah, uh, and you will see there is a field burning. Uh, uh, that is actually a Land Rover window that they are filming through. Yeah, because they don't they don't show the the Land Rover itself on, in the no. uh, trailer. You only get to see no. a lot of the motorbike. I remember. Yeah, the motorbike, and you see a moped, and you see the yeah, 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 some yeah, shots of yeah. the Volvo. But yeah. you actually see see through the windows of the Land Rover as well. Uh, you yeah. see a bit a bit of the dashboard and uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, so they used this car for the uh, for the movie and uh, filmed it here in Ulrichsham. Yeah. So I, I actually have an idea of uh, driving with the car on the roads as they were in the movie, just for the fun <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, but it's been around here ever since, actually. It went uh, a couple of miles, kilometers north uh, to yeah. another city, uh, but then it came back here uh, to the closest village where I'm living. And uh, then, then I bought it. So, yeah. That's it, 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 man. It's a it's a fun story, uh, and, and because it was in the movie, they need to soundproof it. Um, yeah. Because and you know, Land Rovers, old Land Rovers are very noisy. Sure. So uh, all the movie set soundproofing was still in the car when I bought it, uh, and it it was not a pretty job. Uh, they have got like this styrofoam. That they've cut into small pieces and glued yeah. to every single body panel inside the car <laughs> and under the bonnet and in the engine compartment and uh, i'm actually removing that because it's not a it's not a pretty sight after yeah. 20 25 years it's it's uh, it's moist and uh, not looking really nice sure uh, well you know i think that's that's also that's obviously you know part of um, the the ownership of these vehicles is to kind of uh, slowly but surely um, improve them or restore them yeah. or yeah. Um, you know just kind of because uh, I mean obviously a lot of guys like them to be rough and raw and dented and scratched and uh, the yeah. paintwork all um, uh, um, destroyed but uh, as as long as it's mechanically and electrically uh, going then obviously yeah. you've got a solid yeah. vehicle to go. Yeah. Uh, I remember actually you you were posting um, a, f a photo the other day. Um, it was regarding something reg uh, with the the head uh, or oh, uh, yeah. the valve clearances or something. Did you uh, yeah. you did uh, sort out what that was? That was uh, yeah. I think you did post it later. It was uh, yeah, it was like it, a exhaust it, valve or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's taken apart at the moment. Uh, it's a bad exhaust valve on cylinder one. Yeah. And um, and uh, actually, when I picked picked the car up, it was the the engine was in quite terrible condition. Actually, yeah. Uh, I've uh, because it's it's been standing uh, in a in a barn for like uh, five or six years, not been driven. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we started the car up. Uh, I added some oil, added some water, uh, coolant uh, yeah. water, and uh, fresh uh, gasoline. And it started, but it was really running really, really poor. Yeah. And uh, I was, it was not a long trip. I bought it in the, in the village next to mine. So I, I was thinking, well, yeah, I can drive it home. It doesn't matter if it doesn't run properly. Yeah. But it was really, really bad uh, running and uh, a lot of, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, bangs from the. Uh, yeah, like backfire. Uh, distributor cap and uh, all the cables, uh, the ignition um, uh, braking system. Uh, the plugs, the oils, the filters, you know, everything yeah, to make it yeah. uh, a first service of it. Sure. And then I checked the timing and uh, I couldn't get, I couldn't time it properly. I was, uh, I was using this uh, Xenon light gun, you know, and uh, yeah. it was like 180 degrees off. And then I saw that the uh, uh, distributor was turned 180 degree yeah. in the wrong direction. 
Yeah. And then and, and to compensate for that, they had thrown the cables around. So the ignition the oh, my word. timing was completely, I see. completely everything wrong. Everything was yeah. wise. Uh, yeah, wrong. yeah, everything was wrong. And uh, are you supposed to drive these when you have like 95 octanes of fuel? You should, mm. you should be at six degrees uh, before top dead center. Yeah. And uh, but it wasn't. It was like. It was uh, I, I couldn't measure it, so <laughs> so, <laughs> so so I, I fixed that up and uh, drove it for a couple of days, and it was it was running quite okay, but it was yeah. I, I thought it was really really tired, really yeah. slow, and uh, I thought to myself, okay, it's a forty-five year old Land Rover. They're not famous for being strong or quick, and okay, I maybe I I, I thought it would be better than this. I thought, yeah. but. Uh, Okay, it's at, at least it's strong in the low gear. Yeah. Uh, but when I was listening, uh, and I had this sense, because when I was listening listening to it uh, running on idle, I was like, I don't think it's running properly because it sounded like it was running on three cylinders only. Yeah. And uh, but sometimes it ran a little better, and sometimes it was uh, going a, a bit worse. And I thought it was just a work in progress, you know. Uh, sure. But then I was taking it for a drive, and it was like these really heavy backfires. Uh, like it was sounding like gunshots, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is all wrong. I can't be yeah. driving with this car as it is now." Uh, so uh, I took it home, and I checked the uh, compression. I should have obviously done this the first thing I did, but you know, you get the car running, you just yeah, get sure, out with you're it. so excited, yeah, 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 and uh, it ran pretty good i thought so uh, but the, yeah i saw that cylinder one was uh, poor uh, poor pressure and uh, so i decided to lift the head and uh, there i had it the uh, the exhaust wall was yeah. bad and of course the fuel goes out from, from the exhaust wall when it's supposed to be compressed in the combustion chamber sure. and uh, when the ignition comes it fires off in the exhaust pipe and yeah that, there you have the banks so yeah um, yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, you, when you said the, the distributor was was uh, one eighty out, um, yeah. I th that happened to me once. Um, where we just couldn't um, get the get the, the thing. It was also it was very sluggish on on uh, top end, yeah. and um, I was my distributor was forty five degrees out, and yeah. um, obviously that made you know it it, it obviously made the, the engine run horribly. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that um, that I also started doing with mine is, you know, um, instead of using the manual um, for for uh, reference when when setting the timing on these old vehicles, yeah. um, it's sometimes almost easier or quicker or better to do it by ear. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. I mean they 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 they've done so much mile, uh, mileage that um your six degrees and my six degrees is not six degrees anymore no. you know oh, that's uh, right you have the timing chain uh, stretch and everything yeah exactly consideration exactly so. so i think mine is running now on i think seven um uh, before top dead center if i remember correct seven yeah yeah almost eight i guess uh but that's where it sits comfortably you know if i if i run at six it's uh, it's again um a little bit uh it starts to kind of uh, become sluggish again. So it's, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I think it's... I, I think I have actually exactly the same condition because I've, uh, I've, uh, I've ran, I ran it to the number exactly six degrees. And I thought to myself, okay, it doesn't run as good as it should have. Mm. Uh, because if I, if I forward it a bit more, as you say, around eight, maybe eight or nine uh, degrees, uh it's uh igniting much nicer so yeah yeah exactly i i, I will double check this uh, when i get the new uh, when when i get the new valve in and the head back because it's in a in a machine shop now yeah and um uh, uh, then i'm going to to set it by ear instead yeah uh just to, just to be careful try to listening for pinging it's not so easy when you're driving an old land rover on a gravel sure. road because you can't hear anything it's just sure. noises. Luck yeah exactly luckily for me yeah. i've got i've got a highway very close to me so um yeah. it, it was very easy for me to quickly and what i just did is i took everything i took the the um the timing um 
light uh, with me and um, yes. I just I didn't tighten the distributor 100% so what I did is I went on the highway uh, yeah. I listened for any pinging and then I'll just quickly stop next to the road I'll just adjust the uh, distributor yeah. slightly and then yeah. continue going until and then obviously uh, or adjust the, the timing or whatever the case might be until you know I felt the, uh, the sweet spot yeah, I will probably um, have to. I will probably have to do that as well uh, further yeah. on. But uh, uh, I, I will await for the for the head to to arrive. I'm actually doing a bit more with the cylinder head now than I, than I need to. Yeah. Uh, once it's off, I, I will replace all the ceilings and uh, uh, grind all the valves and the seats and uh, clean it up properly. And I will also actually uh, skim it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, up, yeah uh, I mean, you'll have to actually. Yeah, yeah. So for peace uh, of mind. Yeah, exactly. And it will. I, I think it will be. It feels good to have taken it apart because yeah. uh, I get everything cleaned out now, and uh, I can flush it with uh, new engine oil once more, and yeah. uh, make it prepare it for for the summer. Because of course, I want to drive with the car. Sure. So. Um, I will wait. I, I won't drive it in the winter. I will actually take it inside in the winter and work with it instead. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's a good winter car, actually, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the drum brakes <laughs> and uh, no no ABS and no power steering and uh, top yeah. heavy and everything. I, I yeah. think it's actually really dangerous to drive in the winter on the road well, here yeah well i'm not sure what your roads look like but uh i've spoken out to a few uh guys in germany um guys in canada um yeah. and those areas and uh, you know they are plowing forward with the old series landies so i guess if they are uh, you know if they can do it um yeah yeah well yeah for you always get forward uh you know uh, yeah I, sure I definitely think... I also have a Subaru that's a bit more uh, more safety standard capable as well. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I Definitely. think uh, that that will be used in the winter. Uh, um, what what uh, carburetor uh, do you run? It's a uh, it's a ah uh, oh, what's it called Weber. Um, Weber. Weber. Yeah. The thirty four, thirty six. Uh, let me check. Actually. Can you oh, hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I think it breaks uh, the call when I try to check the photos. Ah, uh, I see. Of the phone. Uh, no, because I've I've got a I've got a Weber uh, the twenty uh, the thirty four ICH. Um, which. Uh, if I do a picture search on Weber thirty four ICH carburetor. Because I think you get, yeah, uh, you get the 34 ICH, you get the 34 ICT, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, it's a 34 anyways, because it looks yeah. exactly the same. Uh, yeah. Is the, what's the difference of the ICH and uh, yeah, that's a, um So when I, when I ordered a uh, service kit not too long ago, um, <clears throat> they actually ordered in a service kit for the ICT. And yeah. if I remember correct... Um, it was the ICT, I think, is uh, shoot. I, I need to remember the differences now. But it, uh, but from from opening the the box, I could see it's not going to fit on my uh, the yeah. the filters yeah. are not going to fit on my uh, uh, on the ICH. I can't remember exactly. There was there was a few differences, but over uh, but the the internals mostly of the the O rings and the, the smaller uh, filters are all the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there was something that would would not have fit. Um, when looking at the pictures, I would say that mine is an ICH because it's a uh, the inlet is angled forty five degrees on the yeah. ICH, and it doesn't seem to be that on the ICT. Uh, yeah. The fuel fuel inlet pipe. Yeah, uh, it's angled on the ICH. I don't know if something open here now, but uh, I th they, like I said, there was something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was some difference that I uh, I just couldn't actually remember. I have uh, no idea. I have no idea about this carburetor. Is, is, is it good or is it? Uh... I don't know. Many many people don't like the Weber's. Uh, many people do. Uh, I've yeah. I'd never owned a Solex or SU. Uh, or any of the other ones, um, and I've never really had too much issues with my Weber. Um, right. I know um, I do believe there's you get two types of Weber's. You get the 
I think Weber used to be a Spanish or it was Spanish Spanish owned. Uh, so it's it's either made in Spain or made in Italy. I think it, a talent company or business actually bought it over and then it was reproduced in Italy, if I remember correct. But uh, yeah. there's a new uh, Weber that's on the market uh, that you can buy on eBay or whatever. It seems that mm-hmm. does not have the made in Spain, made in Italy stamp, uh, which is kind of like a copy or uh, uh, whatever the case might be. And apparently, yeah. obviously, that's shit. Um, so, uh, but besides that, like I said, that's the, the carburetor that I bought it with and, uh, I never had an issue with it actually because the, sp- the service kit was the wrong one. I actually opened up the, the carburetor, cleaned it and actually replaced it with the old, uh, paper, uh, with all the old filters, old O-rings and, uh, new paper gaskets. Uh, well, at least I, I got some new paper gaskets, but, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's until for, for now, at least it's, uh, it's still going. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I haven't planned on the, um, on, you still have the oil, uh, bath filter, air filter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it is. And that was also something I, I had no idea actually existed. Uh, I was looking for, uh, 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 before I even t- took it, taking it apart, I was looking for dealerships, uh, for car parts to find, yeah. uh, uh, find a new filter for it and i couldn't find it anywhere and i was like how, the, how how are you supposed to find an air filter for this car i thought i thought spare parts was, was common for them yeah but yeah then i understood uh that okay this it's this type of filter yeah 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 it's something quite different and unique yeah yeah uh, I, i've seen some people's uh, mounting an uh, open air filter but that's uh, that looks a bit wrong i think it should have that big uh Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, um, for for fuel economy, um, you can probably go for like a pan filter that fits, still fits under the bonnet. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I would not be able to uh, live with myself if I have to open up the bonnet each time and see that open filter sitting there. So I'm oh, no. I'm the same as you. I'm I'm rather opting for the old traditional shitty yeah. Uh, yeah. oil bath filter. I wonder if it works well on on dusty roads, uh, like if you drive on a gravel road in the summer or in the. I, I think you might have some kind of desert-looking areas with uh, uh, with a lot of sand and and dust. Yeah, for us, I mean, we I do a lot of dirt roads, but yeah. um, it's not it's not enough to to be bothered by uh, by. Uh, copious amount of dust and yeah. also uh, i used to on my on my car when i was younger i used to have a k and n filter to make the car sound a little bit um meaner than what it is yeah, yeah. and uh you know with those with those filters you just take them off you you wash them with you with the hose pipe and you let them dry and you put them yeah. back in again yeah. so it's quite easy to clean um yeah. but um but yeah, like I said, with the with the Landy, it's I try to at least you know try to keep it uh, as original as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nuts and bolts, I'm not too fussed about, but at least uh, the bigger things, um, I try to stick yeah. to what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to improve them where where uh, where you can uh, without without uh, ruining the cars, you know, because. Uh, you can improve them by having a better kind of set of parabolic springs, for instance, and you sure. can imp- you can improve them by having uh, better uh, shock absorbers or maybe mm. electronic ignition. Everything that yeah. makes the car run smoother and better, uh, sure. I would uh, I would actually not be afraid to adopt. Uh, sure. But uh, but not uh, changing them too much. Uh, I think it's. Uh, they are they are very very interesting cars as they are you know uh, exactly and, uh, should, should well and there's also a reason why they are there that, uh, what they are so you know if you wanted to 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 throw in a v6 in in the engine bay then rather just go and buy a v6 of something yeah, else yeah you know yeah. instead of running because i mean in south africa if you go onto the second hand market now on our gum tree uh, yeah. uh and you go look for for vehicles um you know 90 percent of the series land drivers for sale um, has been uh, chopped or modified with some bullshit Toyota engine or Isuzu yeah. engine yeah. or some big V8 or V6 or yeah. you know pe- people have just like um, neglected the authenticity of the vehicle to yeah. such a degree yeah. that now you know the, the 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 good thing is 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 you can buy a bargain because of that so you can go out and yeah. you can buy a vehicle for next to nothing and then spend a lot of money on it and you've got a solid vehicle but 
um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, that's that's kind of um, defeats the purpose uh, yeah, yeah. to a degree. Uh, also, when you look at these cars, you you can take the Defender version into consideration, and then you have a whole range of engines if you want to have a, a turbo diesel engine. Exactly, you actually have that in a Defender, and it looks exactly. quite the same. So. So okay. obviously it's not a series car. I mean the series yeah. cars are much more versatile than the Defender. Actually, I think uh, exactly maybe the early Defenders were uh, were a bit more uh, versatile, but the later ones they are. Uh, oh, it's a great looking car, yeah. uh, but uh, I think it's uh, the failure rate. I think could be. I'm guessing here, uh, but it could be yeah. higher uh, in the long run. Uh, what you just you mean reliability? Yeah, reliability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you know because if you go through the uh, the engines that's been put in these vehicles, I mean, the one one the first one that comes to mind is obviously when Land Rover was owned by BMW South Africa when they had the two point eight. Uh, I think it's the M fifty two. M52 yeah. or M53 uh, BMW engine. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's a rock solid engine. Uh, yeah. you, there's nothing you can say about it. Then um, you know if you ha- go back to the TDIs, you had the two 200 TDI, the 300 TDI, which yeah. in, our, in our, my opinion at least is still maybe the 200 was probably still a little bit old age, but the 300 was until today is quite a solid engine to have. Yeah, um, you know, and then. Between that and the newer engines like the 2.2 or the 2.4, whatever Puma engines, the Renault engines that they've got, they used to have uh, the TD5 engines. And I yeah. think that's kind of your majority market, you know, especially in South Africa. If you look at any, most of the defenders for sale is TD5s uh, yeah. because there comes a period in their life where if they haven't failed you, they are about to probably fail you somewhere along the line. Okay, and that's yeah. probably where most people tend to sell these vehicles before, you know, that air uh, motor needs to be uh, um, uh, basically opened up completely and rebuilt again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but besides that, I mean, or not that I know of that uh, the newer vehicles has been uh, too much of an issue. I mean, any vehicle, most most vehicles have, you know, some models or year models or whatever the case might be that came up, came out yes. with uh, with an issue or whatever the case might be. But um, yeah, in my opinion, I think the TD5 was, and then maybe in the TD5 range, there was probably only certain years or certain year or period that was maybe a week uh, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I have really no idea. I'm I'm just uh, speaking out freely here because. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, if you look at other other cars that uh, are pulled into to living for a long time, and they yeah. change it and change it, then they make them more, uh, more, more and more complex. And uh, uh, I, I, I like the simplicity of the old ones, if you understand. Uh, sure. It's so easy to throw out the seats if you want to, and it's so easy to pop off the roof. And I mean, you you can't basically do that with the, any modern car car today. So, exactly. Uh, so uh, it's an interesting thing to do with with a car, actually. Yeah. Um, and back in the days, that was I don't even know if that was a selling point because you know a lot of old cars were a bit more uh, versatile uh, than they are today. Yeah. Uh, well, it's um, you know again. I think obviously the series has been is is quite a outdated uh, design. Um, mm. But you know, if you um, if you if you give anyone a pencil or a pen and ask them to draw a, a Land Rover, it's probably a series that they will draw and they will be able to do it in one line. You know, one yeah. continuous line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what what makes it special. Um, but um, I wanted to ask you about uh, you, uh, when you're working on your vehicle, uh, do you have any other Land Rover guys around you or are you kind of by yourself? Uh, I'm kind of by myself, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 no, one, uh, no one around me has a Land Rover, actually. I have yeah. a friend who's had a Defender. Uh, I have no idea what what kind of make it was. I think it was a 1996 model or something. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing here, uh, but that's the only thing I've got close to a uh, to a uh, Defender or this kind of uh, body uh, before. I see. Well, yeah. then, then I guess you need to convince Sean. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> he, actually, he told. 
he told me uh, his his uh, father used to have a defender 90 uh, back oh, really? in south africa yeah so yeah. He, he he used to say to me that they used to um, pop the roof off and use that uh, to paddle with in the water <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah yeah when he was a kid so uh, yeah when i when i went to we live in a small village here uh, outside yeah. uh, ulrisahamn and when he saw it the first time he saw he said that oh this brings back memories yeah uh, so yeah I, I will i will try to convince him also there's a uh a neighbor in the village next uh, next to this uh, called uh, he's uh, called danny uh, daniel and yeah. he's from uh, he's from england yeah so uh, and i went to visit him a couple of days ago with the landy and he was out on his farm and i showed it and uh, he was like yeah <laughs> i should <laughs> have one of these also That's he, the business. He, yeah he rem he remembers it from from england so sure. uh, yeah, that's so. amazing. I think, you know, I think so many people, young, old, male, female, doesn't matter yeah. where you're from or what you do, uh, has had or have or will have some interaction, you know, or um, uh, experience with these old vehicles. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. again, that's also part of their, their heritage, you know, is they're yeah. kind of part uh, of many, many people's uh, upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, they, they, they've been along for some so so long time, you know. They they've been around for like the series one and series two, and all the way to the Defender in twenty eighteen. And many people uh, will, will have seen them, of course. So sure, yeah. Uh, and obviously now, you know, the older the series landies are becoming kind of icons, you know. So now, yeah. if you go to town, uh, you know, people notice the vehicle. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's, 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 it's amazing. Listen, yeah. uh, another thing uh, before we wrap up is um, your, I don't know if you call it a garden, your farm. But yeah. Tell me about your uh, little, little small farm um, uh, or the holding that you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have, uh, we live on a farm. Um, it's a very old farm. Uh, the house is a uh, hundred years old now. Uh, and, uh, we are uh, vegetable. Uh, it's a vegetable farm, but it's yeah. a part. It's a part time. Uh, we have uh, other works, as, uh, other sure. jobs as well. Uh, yeah. But part time jobs. So this we have part time jobs, and we have this uh, part time farm. So uh, we grow uh, vegetables in uh, a big greenhouse uh, because the weather is so cold. And sure. uh, and uh, but we also have some uh, open air uh, fields as well. So we have. Uh, ecological uh, plants of uh, basically ev everything that grows here it's uh, potatoes and onions and uh, beetroots and uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and such so yeah that's interesting so, so, mean, is, is that kind of uh, uh, something that just came along or you actually have background in in farming no it's something that came along uh, we moved to to this house in a couple of years ago and uh, there was a plot of land with it so we decided to do something with it so uh, nice and one. we're a bit we're interested in food and and agriculture and such uh, before so uh, so it, we 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 found out that uh, it would be a good idea to put the land into use once more sure, because it's, definitely. It, it, it hadn't been used for many, many years. And the house has been standing abandoned uh, yeah. for many, many years. Uh, so uh, we wanted to make it a living farm again. So, so the next, the next thing we're going to add to the farm are chickens. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually building a chicken house uh, on the farm now in one of the buildings. So, uh, uh, so one idea with the Land Rover, and I really hope this will be the truth, is yeah. that uh, we, we're going to use it as a delivery truck when we go to markets. Yeah, well, that, I know. was about to ask you about that. Yeah, now. that's that's, such, that's like the ideal job yeah. for this landy. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. And and also we want to grow these uh, Halloween pumpkins you see yeah. on uh, American sure. uh, TVs and. Uh, Put put it on the roof rack, you know. Fill the <laughs> roof rack with the orange pumpkins, and then go go to a farmers market. That's amazing. And, uh, 
people can point on what pumpkin they want and you, I can climb the ladder and bring it down yeah. to them. That that would be a really fun. Yeah, that's uh, amazing, man. I've yeah. seen, uh, 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 I think it's in the UK, there's one or two guys who actually converted a little series into coffee shops. So they've yeah. got a complete machine in the back and they open up uh, one of the side windows. They kind of convert it into a, a station yeah. where you have your machine and your cups and stuff. Um, and then they also park off at like farmers markets or events or whatever the case might be. Oh, yeah, so it's that, such an that's ideal. Lovely. That's yeah, lovely. That's so, um, Wow. That's yeah, man. But for your Land Rover, I, I guess that's kind of meant to be then. Uh, yeah, I think definitely so. Yeah. The, yeah I, I, I mean, when, when I got the opportunity to buy this, I was like, you know, I was, I fell in love immediately. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been looking for a car of this uh, for several years and, uh, and I finally found one. Of course, it's a bit broken down at the moment, but uh, nothing that's, uh, it's no problem. I will figure yeah. it out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's perfect, man. Well, listen, yeah. Michael, it's been really nice talking to you. Uh, yeah, you too. Getting to know you. Um, yeah. For anyone that wants to go and have a look at your vehicle, they can obviously find you at series3.machine on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, for your um, for your farm, it is uh, Iris Garden underscore Sweden. Am yeah, correct. That's true. Yeah, perfect. That's true. Um, and yeah, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully end of the year, I'll we'll be able to catch up again, and we'll be see, uh, you know, how you far you've come along with the landy, and maybe there's some pumpkins on the roof by then. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely put it on the on the Instagram. Uh, yeah, when definitely. We get there, so, yeah. yeah, I will definitely be in touch with you as well. Yeah. Uh, Cheers, nice, Michael. Nice, nice to speak with you. Stay safe. As well. Yeah, yeah. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Cheers, man. Ciao. Bye.